Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill, or a church in our case, cannot be hid. No one lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven." But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as we hear these words, these teachings this morning, that they may speak to us, that they may speak to our hearts. We ask that your spirit move among us this morning, that it open our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we may feel your presence. And as we feel your presence, may we be so compelled to grow, grow so that we continue to find and grow in our relationship with you, but grow in the relationships we have with those around us. And we ask this in your blessed name. Amen. In learning how to cook, because I'm still at that point in my life, I think we know, I know, how important it is to season things properly. Of course, you don't want to submerge something in salt or eat from the salt jar, unless you're baking in salt, which I've seen done, that's quite interesting. But under-seasoning ingredients will lead to an end result that is probably bland, edible, but most likely tasteless. So what does it mean for something to lose its saltiness in this context? Because I don't think that Jesus was giving us a sneak peek of his new and upcoming cookbook, Fishes and Loaves. (laughs) But Jesus is leading us into a conversation about what it means to commit ourselves to God and God's commandments. 
You see, this scripture, this portion, is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we find references to three different things, three common realities for people back in the day, which would have been salt, light, and cities. These three things become the groundwork for Jesus' challenging conviction, which asks if we are willing to let God's commands lead us to life abundant. What I find interesting about this sermon from Jesus is it seems like there's somewhat of a conundrum. Because while I may not be a chemist, I think it's impossible for salt to lose its saltiness because salt is a pretty stable thing. And again, I'd say I don't think Jesus is trying to give us an advanced chemistry lesson, but contextually speaking, salt could lose its saltiness. Because you see, occasionally merchants who were unscrupulous would cut salt with other substances, which had the potential to render whatever salt was there to be tasteless, to lose its saltiness. It's an interesting metaphor that Jesus uses because it's a metaphor that asks us to think about where it is we put our trust. Are we going to put our trust in God or are we going to put our faith into things that are familiar but often lead us to places of hurt? Hurt we've experienced ourselves and hurt we may have caused other people. But getting back to the passage, we first find that Jesus begins by evoking the value of salt. Because salt was not only used for cooking, it was used for treating wounds, preserving food, and trading for whatever other things or goods you might need. Salt that was worthless, as Jesus said, was taken and thrown out into the roads to be trampled on by travelers. It's a bit of an unsettling reminder if you think about it, an unsettling reminder that God has a claim on our lives. But how is our righteousness, how is our love and compassion like salt? And who or what has lost its saltiness? But before we have an answer to any of these questions, Jesus moves on to his second point by using the nature of light. A city or a church, as I said, built on a hill cannot be hidden. In a like manner, you would not want to put a lit lamp under a basket, not only because it's a fire hazard, I imagine, but because you would hide the light as well. These three things, salt, cities, and light, are brought together in verse 16 where Jesus says, in the same way, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see the good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is our purpose as people created in the image of God. Our aim is to let our lives reflect the love of God so that others may see the goodness of God in our daily lives. But the critical thing to note is that the light that shines forth from us does not belong to us. It belongs to God. The goodness that others witness is the overflowing of God's grace that enables us to live and to move and have 
our being. It might be a little arrogance for us to say that we are the ones who carry the heavy burden, who do the heavy lifting alone. Because if we paused, we would remember that glory certainly does belong to God who is in heaven. So how do we channel that light, that salt that we carry? How do we utilize the salt that we possess to season our lives and the lives of those around us? Because in, pursuit of, because in our pursuit of finding answers to these questions, we will enter into a deeper relationship with God as we live out the guiding principles and commandments that sets us on a path that brings life, not only to us, but to all those who are around us. This past week, I was doing a little bit of uh, pastoral archaeology into the history of this church. I haven't found any skeletons yet, so don't worry about that. (laughs) Nothing to worry about. But I've been looking at past session minutes, past correspondence, and other documents. But I came across something that really piqued my interest. It was a New Beginnings report that was done, I think, in 2012, and it gave a snapshot of the church at that moment in time and highlighted areas of growth and areas for thought and consideration. But I was intrigued most by a section in the back of the report where people were asked a series of questions, two of which were, uh, one being, what gifts do you share with the congregation? And the second question was, now consider any gifts that you have that aren't shared with the congregation. For the first question, I'll share uh, what some of the responses were. One of them was, I have a building background. I'm a communicator. I'm a singer or a worker bee. I like to do education. I have a, concern, I have a gift of being concerned for the well-being of others. I say that these are skills we utilized this past year, and ones that we continue to use as we walk forward together, seeking to be salt and light, not only to ourselves, but to those who are around us. It would be interesting to see, though, if there are skills that we can add to this list as new people, new visitors, as we ourselves continue to grow because we're not static beings. For the second question, though, I, I admit I got a kick out of one of the answers, which was, uh, which was uh, what skills do you have that aren't being shared with the church? Someone, someone had, had said uh, belly dancing, <laughs> which I don't think we do belly dancing, but we, ha- we have had dance parties, uh, thanks to, to uh, uh, Joanne, who's helped organize those, and many others. Um, playing darts was another one, gardening, playing bells, uh, IT work. Someone even said a theater background. Some of these things we have added to our repertoire, like I said, having a dance party or some other things. Others could undoubtedly, though, be added. For example, the person who said gardening. I always imagine what it would be like to start a garden here at this church, not a a flower garden, but a vegetable garden, that not only provided produce to people who grew things, but also allowed local food pantries or Uh, those who served people who needed that kind of food, to share fresh produce as well. It's something interesting to think about, potentially even act on. Because you see, to be the light in the world, to be the salt in the world, 
we first must check to see that our wick is lit. Because if it isn't, then we need to take a step back and make some changes. In doing so, we will find that we are not only better off ourselves, but we are able to more fully fulfill our calling and be more effective in that shared mission. Perhaps by getting in touch with some of the gifts and talents God has given to us, some of our passions, we might renew our light. We might be reinvigorated. We may encourage our, or embolden our saltiness, though not in a, now this may be a little out of context, but in some context, saltiness is a, use, uh, is a word we use to uh, refer to someone's bad attitude, but I'm talking about the good kind of saltiness here to embolden our seasoning of others so that in connecting with the things that are close to our hearts, we may be a living witness that reflects the glory and the goodness of God. And this glory and this goodness is something that we can rekindle if we connect with the laws and the commandments that speak of the promises, that speak of the steadfastness of God's graciousness. It is important that we know ourselves in the context of the law and the commandments. That we align our convictions and our passions with the love and compassion and the grace of God. Because as it was said, Jesus came not to abolish the law of those who came before him, but to fulfill it. It is a law that convicts us to live in accordance with the righteousness and the love of God. And it's important that we know that. It's important that we take that to heart, that we truly let those words sink in. It is important because there will be, and there are times right now, when we will be asked to make a decision about where we place our trust. We are asked if we are going to place our trust in some earthly power that conquers and divides with force, with arrogance, that mocks God's highest law of love, or we are able to place our trust, channeling our light, our salt, in a way that others, as the psalmist said, are able to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. The teachings of Jesus this morning go beyond any kind of moral obligation. And I think that's a risk we run when we look at Jesus' teaching. That it's more than a moral obligation. Certainly there are moral components to it. But Jesus is asking us something more. Jesus is telling us that in order to be healthy disciples, to be healthy people, we need to learn to lean hard into the promises and the commandments of God. And if we embody those teachings, then those around us will truly know who we are as people God has claimed and sealed in love. As we draw close to the end of our series on discipleship, it is important that we dedicate time to asking ourselves if we are salt and light. By tending to our own hearts, by growing deeper in our relationship, not only with God, but with one another, we will find that when we shine our light, it will genuinely reflect the love that we have for God, the life that flows from God.
cross, what may some of those things be that you rekindle in this upcoming year? Maybe you do have gardening skills that you would be willing to offer up. Perhaps you care about the earth. Perhaps you care about creation. Perhaps you have a deep passion for helping people who are in need of help. Maybe you have a passion for building a home, a community, for people who may not have had a home or community. Or maybe you have a passioning for welcoming people in who have never felt welcomed before. The thing about this journey, though, this being salt, this being light, is that that it asks us to take these things seriously, but it doesn't ask us to do them alone. So may we strive to be an honest and a persevering reflection of the light, of the love, of the compassion, the mercy, the salt, the life-giving water that comes from God as we go out into the world. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.